Hello and welcome to Salacast. Myself, Ollie and Glenn. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm okay, Ollie. Yeah, it's been it's been a good day. It's Sunday, the day of the uh, trip to Coventry. So yeah, th- things are looking up, Ollie. Cool. So I'm feeling a bit rough. <laughs> um, yeah. I have to mute my line and, and oh, cough dear. at some point. I feel a bit rough. Um, yeah, I was still drinking at two a.m. last night. Oh, dear. Um, at a, a friend of mine's um, wedding anniversary. Um, so yeah, that was really good fun. And yeah, the guy's um, groundsman Everton. So it's always good chatting yeah. to him about football. And one of my friends, um, she's comes from a massive Man United family. Um, so it's always good talking to her about football with her as well. So that's quite fun. Yeah, so, good stuff. So good, yeah, good that's, weekend. So that's how I feel. Yeah, good weekend. Didn't go to the game today. I nope. probably could have got away with driving there, but yeah. I didn't really feel up for it. Um, and I knew you were going, <laughs> so I knew the, the pod was covered. Um, yeah. So yeah, so how do you feel, Glenn? So we're obviously mathematically... I, for me, the goal difference thing, I understand, you know, we were kind of te- almost safe. But yeah. for me, I prefer to be safe on points. So how do you feel now? Oh, it's, it's a bit of a relief, isn't it, really? I mean, yeah, you, you're right. Over this weekend, we've basically sort of took one small step and then a big step towards safety and, and 100% safety as of today. So it's just a relief, really, isn't it? It's almost like the, the season's petered out into sort of nothing and, and, you know, staying up. Some people will see that as a, as a you know, something to be celebrated. Um, for me, it's just something I'm glad we've got done now. Let's let's park this, this somewhat disastrous season in some respects and I guess it's for us to start looking forward to after you know the Warsaw game looking forward to what might be next really so yeah relief I suppose my overriding emotion Ollie yeah I, I felt that's something like that because it's almost like a build up isn't it so that you almost build up build up build up you get there and then you go and it's like oh well we haven't really got anything you know it's just a... <laughs> especially after today's game Ollie <laughs> yeah so it's been interesting seeing the comments that come through I listened to the radio um, I was doing stuff around the house so yeah, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on the game. Mm. Um, yep. But yeah, it's it's like a, almost like it's weird. It feels like an anticlimax because like we should be pleased in a sense because obviously we had a risk of going down, which is good. But of course we haven't won anything. Um, but it does obviously mean that and we've got a chance to reset, rebuild. Um, and then start again next season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair way of putting it, Ollie. And I think, um, yeah, I think we'll probably talk around these points a bit more as we go through it now, really. So I think it's, let's let's go through. We're going to cover what happened on the Saturday just to sort of as, as a prelude um, into the game against Coventry, and then I'll talk you through the Coventry game, and you, and you can sort of get a vibe of what was going on there, really, Ollie. So yeah, let's 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 dig into it, mate. Morley on the move, little ball forward to Payne, can there to hit maybe for Nolan. Nolan hits it, and Nolan scores. What a goal, John Nolan, top corner. So, um, obviously, one of the key kind of games, there was a lot of key games yesterday in, in the relegation fight. Obviously, so many teams been out of it, um, still been in it, sorry. A few teams have got out of it, and a few more got out of it by the end of Saturday. Um, for me, the big shot was, um, in terms of the start of Saturday and the results coming in, was Bradford going ahead, <laughs> which was a surprise, let's say it that way. Yeah, After 15 minutes. It's crazy, yeah. Obviously, a little bit of Yorkshire pride, um, or not Yorkshire, Scunthorpe and Lincoln, that's was a common mistake I mistake I make. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously, they're quite close to each other. Um, so obviously a bit of um, bit of banter there. Um, so Scunthorpe are still in trouble um, on forty six points, and they're really really struggling. Probably the biggest surprise of the weekend was two, I guess. One was Warsaw beating Peterborough three 0 Where did that yep. result come from? Um, and then Accrington Stanley winning five one um, against Plymouth. So yeah, if you want to kind of um, cement your place in the league, that's not a bad way of doing it, is it, Glenn? No, and yeah, and it's it's you know, it was a game that actually made Accrington safe as well. As much as um you know everything that's gone on this season, they still needed a little bit more. Um and and yeah, five one is an absolute shell, wasn't it? It was five 0 at one point in the same same that Scunthorpe were losing three 0 and 
Plymouth were losing 5-0 and they play each other on the last day, Ollie. Um, and obviously they're both in the relegation zone at the moment. So it's almost like a bit of a playoff for one of them to win um, and they can still get safety. So, yeah, it was an inter- interesting series of results that led us into it. But uh, the outcome of it was, I mean, you can run through the table in a second. The outcome of it was that we, you know, mathematically weren't safe. But because of our goal difference, we pretty much were, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, it was. So it was a goal difference. I don't really like the goal difference thing, even when we had it a couple of seasons ago, didn't we? When we were away at yes. Oxford and we had to lose like 17 nil or something like that. <laughs> And to to get relegated, I'd much prefer, obviously much more comfortable on points, and it's it's clear. And yeah, that kind of builds onto. I'm sure we'll come back to next Saturday, but next Saturday is going to be interesting with yeah the games you just mentioned, I and mean, obviously us playing um, playing Warsaw at home. Um, so um, going into the game, yeah, all we needed was a point, wasn't it, to make ourselves safe? It was, and 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 going into that game, it should, we should just reflect on Warsaw later, I suppose. But they still have given themselves a chance with that win, yeah. so it's interesting that you know that the honour may well now definitely fall to us to relegate them, which is which is a, a good target for that game, I suppose. Later on, but it's interesting because people talk about Junior Brown sending Vale down, and he yep. didn't at all. He scored, um, <laughs> he didn't send them down at all. So for me, this isn't like this is an actual direct opportunity for Shrewsbury to send down the team, mm. which is um, quite unique. Um, yeah, it basically means on the last day of the season, um, you've got Shrewsbury against Warsaw, um, and you've got Southend, Plymouth, and Scunthorpe all with an opportunity. Um, Southend can still go down. Obviously, they're, they're they're level on points with Plymouth on forty seven. Then you've got Walsall on forty six, Scunthorpe on forty six, and Bradford on forty. Um, and yeah, even um, even um, Wimbledon could get pulled back into it as well um, because you got Plymouth on need some wins, don't they? Yeah, yeah. on forty seven. Um, so it's a still quite a few permutations to go. Um, there's going to be a few, um, yeah, a few squeaky bums um, on on Saturday. I'm glad Wimbledon. I'm glad Wimbledon have almost got themselves out. Yeah, of it. it'd be it's a nice a story recovery. if they stay up. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like, um, I'd like them to stay up. Um, obviously, a London away game is always better than a. Um, a Plymouth um, or even a South End one. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that would be a good for them. Yeah. To stay up. I think the best result, other best result, was that Sunderland seemed to have messed up their automatic promotion chances yeah. now. So there we go. That was good. But yeah, it was interesting. So as I say, going into the game at Coventry, we're obviously we're, we're hoping we could get something out of it and just say put that to bed really. And um, yeah, obviously, obviously, let's run through the details of the game. But yeah, Coventry won. Shrewsbury Town won a goal from Shipley after 16 minutes. Um, and then yeah, Faye came on. Um, two minutes later, he scored. After 78 minutes in front of 13,000 fans, Ollie. So it was good, actually. And, uh, you know, you weren't there, so you're going to probably want to know about things. But a lot of town fans there, Ollie. Um, and, and they were a fantastic voice all the way through. Yeah, you could hear the town fans um, on Shropshire Radio um, throughout. Um, and, yeah, the manager was clean to kind of stress how, how noisy they were as well. So there was over um, 1,000. So there was 1,183 salad oh, right. fans. Is that many? Um, yeah, so that was good, and thirteen thousand um, fans there in total, which is interesting, isn't it? Because it just puts in context how big some of the teams, you know, teams that have got double our attendance. So obviously, on um, Good Friday we played Barnsley away, and they had thirteen thousand as well, and it just mm. shows, you know, there's quite a few teams that have like more than double our attendance. Still look dead in there though, Ollie. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it did. Thirteen thousand in the Rico is not much no. at all, to be honest with you. I'm and, sure um, it did, but they were they were, there was a lot of yeah, there's a lot lot of, lot of things going on with Coventry fans at the moment, isn't there? And there wasn't quite any protests or anything on the pitch at the end because it was a load of police Ollie but um, they certainly were making moves to get on the pitch and, and protest what's going on because but I believe what was told from um, Tom Griff who you uh, took the mick out of last week on the podcast who I sat by at the game today he um he was saying he was talking to a steward outside, and they were they were saying that they believed there was going to be an announcement about Coventry staying at the Rico um, before the game today, and it got cancelled. So there was a bit of tension and anger within the the Coventry fan base about the fact that it might not happen now, but they were also not being given the opportunity to protest about it not happening. So 
you know, not having an answer either way was a bit annoying. And I think if there weren't so many police there, there probably would have been a protest on the pitch. But the police and and the stewards were particularly um, heavy, not heavy handed, but there was just so many of them there, you couldn't have got on the pitch, Ollie. So yeah, yeah I thought it was just reflecting that really. Yeah, and it's just another, it's just another club, and just yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about the, um, the EFL this week, and just shows what a shambles of an organisation they are. Yeah, Bolton, Bolton you know, Berry, Blues, and Coventry. Um, and then, yeah, I heard um, on yesterday on Five Live, they were talking, the chairman of Bolton said that the, the, the guy who, who was, who was um, basically banned from being a director and was a director of Watford, who's now trying Bassini. to get, yeah, get yeah. Bolton, um, is making all these statements and has changed his lawyers six times and stuff. And, and we think that these people <laughs> should be allowed to own football clubs, which are community assets. Um, they're not, it's not like taking over, I don't know, um, you know, Mavitis and having consumers who making choice can buy other biscuits. Um, it's yeah, not like that yeah. with football. And it just yeah, let's not go too much of a, a rant, but it's just very, very frustrating that the EFL. It is, and it puts our our, our stable. Um, and I believe that Lewis Cox did a, a thing about how um, Ricketts was big enough the stability of our football club and how important that is. And I think that as time goes on, and, and potentially the football bubble begins to burst, maybe you know, particularly for clubs in that. Um, lower Premiership, you know, upper Championship, you know, even coming out of the Championship, there's there's a potential of bubble will burst with a lot more clubs than just Bolton, and you know, our our prudency may well stand us in good stead, um, and and who knows what happened down the line. But Rickett seems to think it's something that's very to be proud of. We've always said on the podcast, it's good to be proud of that about our football club, isn't it? You just I don't know. It's hard. You don't want to wish ill on the fans, but I do wish these football clubs would get punished so oh, that we, yeah. we can take we can take our rightful place as a prudently run football club. But I don't think the EFL are fit for purpose in terms of being able to run that agenda. So anyway, but you're right. It's probably worth something for the end of season podcast, really, when we we summarise the whole season, mm-hmm. I guess. But um, back to today, anyway. As I say, we're recording this. You know what is it? <laughs> almost two and a half hours after the game so I came back and just sat down and we put the agenda together but yeah it's, it's probably worth you know going through the game um, team yeah go on you run through the team Molly and I'll yeah. tell you what I thought so Mitchell in goal um, same and back three um, Williams waterfall Beckles same two full backs wing backs who've played a lot of games Bolton um, Goldburn and then we had a bit of change in midfield with due to injury um, yep. so we had um, Doherty and Grant and Laurent um, and then there was a surprise with Juliad playing and, and Campbell mm. keeping in the team. So just for those who weren't there, Glenn, obviously we've seen quite a few different formations within this four-three, four, sorry, the three-four-three formation. So how did we set up um, on, sa- think- on Saturday? That's a, a Florentine slip on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, Sunday. I keep thinking I'm supposed to be having a day off tomorrow, Ollie. You know, no no football in the day before we go back to work. It's a bit annoying I've got to go back to work tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I guess in terms of how we set up was really reflective of how we started the first half, which was quite defensively, I thought. And, and all three of Doherty, Grant and Lauren were probably a bit too deep, in all honesty. And, and that's why we... I'll come to the game in a minute, but we were under pressure from the start, really. And I think it was just a case of trying to keep it tight in the early 15-minute period. Um, but yeah, it seemed like you know they set up as a, as a three really. Maybe Doc was the one that was a little bit more advanced, but um, it was pretty hard to tell to be honest with you, Ollie. Um, Gilead was definitely in the number ten role, and Gilead is not a number ten, so that was that was the end of my summary really. But yeah, that was that was how we set up really. Gilead and Campbell were were isolated from the start, I thought. Yeah, so yeah, there's obviously a few one interesting one because the um, there's only um, six players on the bench. Yeah, yeah, weird. And a, and a lot of fans around us were saying, "What's what's going on?" Well, to be honest with you, the Shrewsbury Town uh, media department made their usual. Uh, mistakes on today Ollie first of all they put out a team sheet with only five on the bench yeah, forgetting I... that Sam Smith was also on the bench and, and spoke Doherty's name wrong so cracking work as usual guys um, how is it Doherty like Wolves or... <laughs> exactly oh, well the, the oh. one lad is a Wolves fan isn't he one yeah of the media guys, so maybe... I didn't really mean to lead to that but <laughs> <laughs> there we go um, but yes so there was only six on the bench but yes hey we were missing one and it, it seemed strange not to maybe throw Roland on there just for a bit of experience you know we've given him this deal which we'll talk about in Salop News and it might, might be a good experience for him to be part of a matchday squad 
squad. Seemed a bit odd, um, but you know, but you've got three subs anyway, so exactly. And there's a bit, of, and there's a bit of a, an illness, I think. And obviously, there's injuries to Sears and Wally, which Ricketts has confirmed post match will keep them out for the rest of the season. Obviously, it's only one more game, but you know we're not going to see either of them again. So I think a combination of injuries and illness, but still, you know, I I always like to see us put a full bench out there and put a young lad on there. But I'm not the manager, so it was a bit of a weird one. But I, uh, yeah, it was something it's that a lot of town fans were talking it? about. Yeah, it was a, something a lot of town fans were talking about pre-match around me. And talk, talking to pre-match, Ollie, I should just say a couple of things, really, as you weren't there. There was a good applause for Brown as he was warming up in front of us, which was, yeah. which was nice to see. He didn't get on, so that was really the only interaction he had with the town fans on the day. Um, or he might have done more at the end when they were doing their lap of honour, but I didn't hang around for Coventry's lap of honour, I went. Um, and then also, obviously, they had this whole thing about it being Steve Grizovich's last... Um, uh, I think he's a goalkeeper coach at Coventry, yeah. and obviously he's from our parish as well. And um, the whole stadium um, at the start gave him a massive, rousing uh, reception. He came out to a guard of honour, came into the centre circle, clapped all the fans, gave the huge fans a thumbs up to sort of reflect um, the appreciation he had for the work that he did at our football club as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, that was a nice start to the game, really. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was it, really. I was sat by Tom, who was not very happy with you, Ollie, and... Uh, had the kids with me moaning about trying to eat chocolate eggs too early into the game for my liking, but um, yeah, we, we sort of sat down and, and thought, what are we going to see now? Is Tom upset, is he? <laughs> no, he's all right. He, he's all right. He, he said he was shocked listening to it, Ollie, but I think he'll get away with it. <laughs> cool, that's funny. So, yeah, how do we start then, I suppose, really? I'll go into Ollie. Um, yeah, one great, to be honest with you. We, we started pretty slowly, um, disjointed. Whether that was for the two new players coming in, I don't think Gilead was really at his best in that first fifteen minute period. Laurent wasn't wasn't great either. Um, but I think Grant was probably off the pace in that first bit. But we, we just looked worried about the pace that um, Coventry had, and obviously what had happened in that previous game, getting done twice on a counter attack with with the defence pushing up too far. I honestly think that first fifteen minutes it was an, must have been an instruction to sit deeper, Ollie, because they were pretty deep. And any time we tried to attack, it was on the counter. And it just didn't work because there wasn't enough forward players getting up there. Doherty wasn't up as far as he needed to be or he usually would be. Um, so, yeah, it just felt like we were sitting in deep um, and, and, and trying to get out as much as possible. But it was a case of sort of a procession of, of, of attacks, really, from Coventry, um, which wasn't great. One of, the, one of the things that happened in the first few minutes is um, Rashawn went up for a challenge, Ollie, and he fell down and landed on his hand. And it, and from where we were sitting, it looked like he'd done something to his fingers. Obviously, that's where the physio came onto the pitch to try and sort him out. And it looked for all the world like the physio was trying to put back in a dislocated finger. And all you could see from where we were was he, he did had a go at it. And you could see Rashawn with his mouth wide open, like screaming in pain. And obviously, it didn't work. He had to do it twice. And then obviously, he went off as well. But oh, it looked like agony. I don't know if you've ever dislocated anything, but I can't No, I've never nice. dislocated anything. Ugh. But yeah, they were saying on the radio that he was in a lot of pain. Oh, and yeah, it sounds God. horrible. Hopefully, he's all right. He seemed in good spirits at the end of the game, but... Um... Yeah, he was fantastic, nice. Ollie. And I'll, I'll come to that when I do me man of the match. He was fantastic. And to do that with obviously what must have still been painful after what he went through sure shows the, the not just, you know, we've seen him being good on the ball and, and and sort of, you know, a bit of a player. He's obviously got a bit of grit and determination about him as well, which is, again, good signs for next season, I suppose. But um, yeah, yeah, just, just on the Sean, actually, um, in the pre and post matches recently, um, the manager's been talking about him and. Obviously, there's that kind of but a link almost to Ricketts in terms of Ricketts did a similar thing in terms of you dropped down. Now, obviously, Roshan was at Man United, so there wasn't yep. really that many. You know, it's very hard to go up there. Um, but <laughs> you know, he was almost admiring his bravery, um, and it's something he did when he left Oxford and went to Telford. And that Roshan's has the balls to basically drop down to Shrewsbury and has confidence in his ability. Mm. Um, and he's just the more you hear about this lad, the more I like him. Oh, I'm, I'm going to talk about him a fair bit as we go through this because he just was he was very impressive today, but. Um... You know, as impressive as he was, there was an established dominance going forward, Ollie. Cool. So, how did Coventry line up then? How did they kind of play? What, what were they doing at this point of the game? To be honest, I, I, I don't really know, Ollie. Normally, we like to sit down and study these things a bit more, but as it's just happened, I mean, they they were on the front foot. 
they they pushed up um, their midfield players to to engage us as as deep as we'd gone. Um, their their defence was you know wasn't that deep. They they were pretty much sitting up in front, and I don't think they were worried about us knocking one quality ball through and and. Um, Campbell being able to chase it through on a one-on-one situation because their defence was pretty quick as well. So, yeah, they had a lot of ball down the wings, but they also had some tricky players in central midfield. That was my observations of them, really. They they passed it around nicely. They looked solid in this first period, and um, you, you did kind of feel like it was only a matter of time until they were going to sort of pick us apart, really. Um, so, yeah, I guess that was that was kind of my observations of Coventry. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what tactic exactly they were playing because I was too busy watching town, really. I should have, I should have paid more attention, Ollie. Oh, that's why you need me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We missed the tactical... Uh, tactical knowledge of you but um, as I say we were really only playing on the counter in that first 15 minutes and um, it wasn't a surprise then after 15 minutes when, when what happened happened really yeah so I they mean, took the not, lead they did they took the lead and you, not, you weren't have I've a chance seen to it see shit, I've but... seen the goal yeah. oh have you yeah. have you seen that yeah yeah. it's, it's Sky Sports News Sky oh, Sports okay. website yeah they posted it quite fast um, so yeah not the um, yeah it was a let's say it was a vintage goal of the season to concede <laughs> yeah it certainly was yeah it was I don't know. It was it was sort of played down their left hand, well, their left hand side. Yeah, a bit of an interchange of passes, and it just seemed to get in so easy. Um, it was pretty Doherty... Sunday League scoreboy kind of, you know. Yeah, Doc wasn't tracking his man for a start. I, I, I thought, and um, yeah, they got in too easy. And then, as I say, Shipley got in. First shot was sort of straight at the keeper, um, and all he could do was rebound it just to the left. And Shipley sort of continued his run that he'd already been making, and sort of had a tap in at the back post, really, and celebrated it like he scored a thirty-five yard worldly strike in front of the town fans, which was a bit embarrassing considering he just tapped it in, but. Um, yeah, ran down to the corner then, right in front of us, which was which was a bit embarrassing. There was a bunch of guys up on the left in the corporate seats who were just you know looked like they were trolling out their mind, and they were giving the town fans loads, which wasn't great to see. But yeah, no midfield tracking. It won a great goal to concede, and then it just felt a little bit, as you say, like a, a you know one of those symptomatic goals of the season, Ollie. It's one of the kind of goals that you don't yeah you hopefully will be yeah confined to last this season, um, and hopefully won't see <laughs> too many of them next season. But yeah, not the best start to the game. At this point, you were a bit concerned that we, you know if we hadn't seen much fight so far, we concerned that this was not going to be our day. We weren't going to get the, the point we needed. Well. The- Coventry needed seven goals to be still in with a chance of the playoffs from what I've been reading and it felt like when, when they'd gone one and up after 50 minutes and they'd fairly dominated that opening period that they might continue to just you know keep their foot on the gas really and really go at us and they did they did sort of for the next 10 minutes really keep it on top of us they they didn't really create too many chances but they definitely had a little ball and they were playing all the football but I thought as the game wore on in the first half Town finally started to get a little bit of a of a grip with what was going on I suppose there wasn't any tactical change they just finally found a little bit of space maybe got out a little bit tried to figure out how Coventry was set up and they, they did do a bit better they had a little bit more ball had a little more passing Campbell had the first chance that we had in the whole game where he sort of had a snapshot from long distance that was yeah. unlucky it was straight at the keeper um, and other than that really for the rest of the game I mean the whole of the first half was dull Ollie it was a pretty poor game in the first half you know for as much as Coventry had been nice and had a lot of the ball they didn't really create too much no. when we had chances we, we broke it broke down a lot and we didn't really create too much and it was very stodgy midfield kind of both teams know that they could do something today but really it didn't really matter if they didn't because they probably both we were obviously safe and Kov knew that the chances of them getting promoted now are pretty low so it was kind of almost it wasn't like a dead rubber but it was heading towards looking like that in the first half yeah. but we definitely grew into it as I say we, we definitely got a bit better um, there were some players that were really poor in the first half. Um, for me, Laurent had a really bad first half, Ollie, which was surprising for me because he has been decent at times this season. But he got bumped off the sort of bumped off the ball, or sort of got harried into making a mistake, and he must have lost the ball five five times in the first mm. half really easily. He's still granted a, kid, a couple isn't of he? he is yeah granted a couple of times as well, and he's Gilead, not a kid. 
No, he's not a kid. But um, he, he was better than he has been in a couple of recent games. And Gilead, for me, I mean, I've, I've had my say on Gilead over the course of the season. Every time he plays, I have absolutely no faith he's going to do anything. And we carry him. And we, we carried him all the first half. He's so ineffective. Um, I still think the only really decent half game he's had was away at Sunderland, where he did look a bit decent, but he was nowhere near. He was like we played at Sunderland, Ollie. He was really poor, and that continued into the second half until he got subbed. And I'm not really surprised, talking to Laurent and Gilead in the first half, that they were the two guys we did sub off coming into the second half, because cool. um, they they both didn't really deserve to play ninety. So yeah, it was a bit upset coming into half time. Really, no one nil down, um, but you know, weren't out of it. Cool. So how do we start the second? Uh, well, Doherty put a free kick straight out of play, <laughs> so that wasn't ideal. But I think that was, as, for me, I think that was as poor as the first, second half got, really. I think that there wasn't too many poor moments, unlike we'd seen in the first half. Um, and the first 15 minutes continued on the, the sort of same pattern. It was quite dull and stodgy. Um, neither team really created anything. Um, and, and Coventry did definitely sit back a little bit. You know, They had that, that 1-0 victory in the pocket, and it did feel a little bit like they were trying to sort of think, well, we'll see this out. Um I don't know. It just there wasn't really anything that happened in that first fifteen minutes, Ollie, that was, okay. was worth covering um, until we got to the substitutes. Yeah, so I was surprised actually to see um, now <laughs> the the commentators um, just pronounced his name properly, but I, don't, I can't remember how they did it. Now it was like it wasn't Vince a lot, but that's how we keep saying saying his name. <laughs> that's who the fans will know who we're talking about. Um, so yeah, so he came on on sixty four minutes. I was really surprised to see him come back. Actually, um, we never yeah. thought after Wolves would see him play for us again this season um, and then Faye came on the 76 minutes so first um, first um, in midfield what impact did um, De Vincelot have? Surprisingly good Ollie yeah. um, solid and calm I, I would say you know the sort of presence you'd, you'd like to bring on in a game where you wanted to get a bit more control I suppose um, he looked neat on the ball he wasn't afraid to put his head into a couple of challenges he got kicked in the head at one point I remember when he was stooping well it wasn't really stooping he got kicked in the head by a high foot um, and I thought in general he, he came on and had an impact and definitely shored us up a little bit I'd say the first 15 minutes were really poor but I just think his little calming presence that he brought um, was useful and I think it's interesting he came on for, for Gilead so we obviously played a sort of a slightly different tactic until Faye came on um, with sort of four, four midfielders really um, but Gilead had been so useless and he hadn't really done anything or affected the game in any respect at all that even just bringing Vince on despite how well he actually played it would have helped us in the first place because we went from having 10 men to 11 men in some respects okay. it was that poor um, there, there was a moment just before Gilead got subbed off where he was running towards the byline and you know he's supposed to be quick he had the pace to maybe try and beat a guy to the ball and nip across in and, and this guy who looked like the same frame as him didn't look a particularly strong bloke just went to shoulder him off the ball and, he, and he's so weak Gilead, it looked like it broke him half almost, and he just—that's the sort of thing I think you need. I think he might be talented, but he, he reminds me of Sam Aston. But Sam Aston was strong and committed and hard, and unless he finds a a, a robust edge, Gilead, I don't think he's going to get very far in his career. Um, because not many players, uh, sorry, not many teams will have the luxury of a luxury player like Gilead. So yeah, I suppose that was including the Gilead and Vince Lott thing. But he, he definitely did well when he came on Vince Lott. I thought he was he was the sort of bloke we needed at that point in time, really. And he's someone we'll have next season as well. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, he's eighteen month deal when he signed, so he probably wouldn't have come on if Edwards was fit. Do you know what I mean? Um, but Edwards wasn't fit, so interesting. You know, he possibly has a chance pre-season to stake a claim for a starting place. I'm not sure whether I could see it. Depends what kind of loan players we bring in, I guess. But he's there. He's he's got another year with us, and and it, it's good for us to finally see a bit more of him. Obviously, he got injured at Wolves, didn't he, straight away when he came on? So. 
hopefully he starts maybe against Walsall I don't know depending on the injuries we've got going around I think Norburn might potentially not make it either so maybe he's got a chance because Laurent wasn't very good so why not give Vince a lot of chance really for that for that more calming presence in a in a game like Walsall where it might be a bit hairy scary it might, it might be yeah. a game for him but and he we'll talked see, about we'll when we signed him he said that he needed he wanted to sign him because he was a leader and his character and stuff so yeah he yeah. sounds like he's one of those good eggs that he was trying to put into the he squad he did well today That's he good. definitely did well today and then, but um, before Faye came on we did actually have a chance Goldborn had a, a really decent half volley chance um, it was it was a hard chance actually I think and he did really well to volley it and we were right behind it where we were sitting we could see it was going wide the whole time but not by far but the guys sort of let round the side uh, on the other side of the, the, t- the sort of town supporters area I can understand why they thought he was going and he caught it sweetly um, but no that wasn't to be and we were definitely on top then and then obviously we made the next sub which was which was Faye really um, coming on for Grant which really put us attacking Ollie yeah I, it was, I was pleased actually when he came on I I was, I was unsure what, what the next tactical decision was going to be. Mm. Now, the funny thing for Ricketts is that, um, yeah, okay, he brought Faye on, but he'll just get criticised for not playing him from the start. You can't really win <laughs> at the moment, can he? Cause... I think I think he should be playing. I really do. If we yeah. don't play Faye and Campbell up front against Walsall next week, I'll be disappointed. Yeah. And I would, and, and in retrospect of how bad Gilead was, um, I would have played him from the start in this game. Especially if Wally's been. out, there's no reason not to. Exactly, um, exactly. Play, maybe play Doherty and maybe play Doherty, um, Grant, and then Vince Light midfield sounds like yeah. a pretty decent midfield to me. I think I'd, I'd take that against Walsall for sure. But yeah, obviously, we, I was saying we, we even in that period just before the after the first time we'd really got on top. Um, and commentary were really restricted to counters, and this is where I should talk about the defence really, in that everything that was headed uh, headable, you know, Beckles and and, and Waterfall basically got to, and everything that required pace and skill to to cover. Um, Williams had it in his back pocket really I thought he was he was excellent and you know th- I think there was a couple of times where Beckles did his usual half tread on the ball and then clear at the last minute I didn't see Waterfall make a single mistake Ollie in all honesty at the, at the back he was very, very comfortable um, so back three did really well in terms of, of covering off those counter attacks because they were quick um, Coventry and, and we really didn't let them abuse that at all so we, we must give some credit to the defence really I thought Bolton and Gold- Goldborn did well as well so that, that was fair enough and then yeah obviously I say Faye had come on on 76 and 78 the boy was scoring have you seen this goal then Ollie? Yeah it was a nice finish wasn't it and just Good. shows his awareness and his willingness and his kind of desire to score yeah he's just fox in the box isn't he and I mean it was a, it was a, I think it was a free kick or a corner. I can't remember what it was. It was now. a free kick waterfall. from Goldberg. Yes. Played it from fairly deep, good header, and then the ball Casey comes to fade, doesn't it? And he's kind of free, and no one tracks him. Yeah, it goes back to Waterford, who had a long shot that was sort of smashed straight at the defender. Now, at one point, it looked like Faye was offside to us where we were, and I think it maybe he might have been, but I think when Waterford had the shot, it might have deflected off one of their players into his path, which was lucky for us. I wonder whether if it had gone straight through, he might have been offside. But as I say, once he got the ball, first touch, and then popped it through the keeper's legs, you've got to give the boy confidence again. It's it's Sorry. Um, you've got to give him credit again because the confidence in that finish was was fantastic and uh, yeah wheeled away in front of us I got a good video of it and um, everyone was sort of pumping their chests and coming come on because I think they really thought the win was was there you know at that point in time Coventry had just gone in on themselves a little bit and they'd become woeful as the game went on so the win was definitely there really Ollie and and we did go for it cool did you think there was a worry of an offside then Uh, yeah I did I thought it was offside I I was like how is he not offside yeah I watched it back a couple of times it was quite uh, marginal but um Mm. He's definitely onside. There's no, um, oh, there's no, okay. there's no Fine. need for any kind of, yeah, kind of interrogation or anything like that. He was definitely onside. That's good. I would say I've just come straight back home. We started doing this, so I've not had the benefit of looking at it back, which we normally do. So it was just sort of one of those things on the day because I think he's just so quick. Really, sometimes he gets into a position quicker than you would think, and, and therefore it looks offside. But yeah, it's good to see and. Um, 
we were offside a lot in the game, to be fair, Ollie. So <laughs> it was good that one of them wasn't because Campbell was offside at least three or four or five times in the game. Um, and then, yeah, I think after we got the goal, I, I mean, we might as well wrap it up here. I thought the rest of the game was pretty serene, Ollie. We we did really well sort of just seeing the game out. And the only team that had chances to win it were us. We really kept Coventry quiet. I say Cov only had three shots in the whole game. And as much as they were good in that first period, we, we did restrict them. And then when they went poor, we just we completely closed it off. And, and it was, we were the ones passing it around at the back as much as we needed to. Um and yeah, no major worries for us at the back. And I say we had some half chances. I think there was a, a I think the best one might have been a header from Bolton or Waterfall, can't remember who from a corner. That that was a good chance. But um all in all, Cov just got worse and worse as the game went on. And um, yeah, the final whistle was, was sort of confirmation of the safety, really. Happy days. So everyone was pretty happy then at the final whistle? Yeah, huge cheers. Huge cheers on the final whistle. And, then, and to be honest with you, in the sort of 10 minutes after we you know got the goal, the 10 minutes then towards injury time, heading towards the final whistle, sorry, um, the town fans were really loud, really good. We're staying up, also going down. Lots of pro shoes with chance. Um, you know, it wasn't quite Blackpool away, you know, last season where loads of people went in fancy dress and there was loads of inflatables. There was a few people doing it, but I don't think there was the party atmosphere of Blackpool away last season for obvious reasons. But there was still a really good atmosphere there in terms of that final away game of the season. Yeah, whistle went, and I say the, the town fans, all, the town players all came over to the fans. Um, they were all throwing their shirts in the crowd. My little boy is very upset that he didn't get anyone's shirt, but we were quite close to the front. We just missed it. Um, but yeah, he, he was he was upset about that on the way, and poor lad. But it was good, and and actually, you know, it, they looked like it. They mattered. You know, you can't say that they weren't pleased with their work. There was lots of smiles. Um, Ricketts was over there thumping his chest, you know, like we saw the other week, and you know, thumping it, thumping the badge, and and being really like sort of tub thumping about what happened. So he's obviously pleased to finally get the job done. Lots of smiles. Um, one interesting thing was Ryan Haynes was in the crowd with the town fans and he wanted to go down to the tunnel and the stewards blocked him off. They wouldn't let him go through. They told him to go around the long way. So that was going on. I turned around and saw Kevin Campbell's dad sort of cheering the lads on as well. So All's forgiven with him then, I guess. <laughs> what was that? All's forgiven with Kevin Campbell. I think so, yeah. I think if we subbed him off, subbed off Campbell on 58 minutes again, he might have uh, started a mini riot. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was good. And as I say, for the final away game of the season, you know, it was it was a nice way to end that away sequence of, of games. You know, because away it's been poor in general. The whole this season's season, been poor, mate. Let's be honest. Yeah, it has. But away from home, we've been atrocious most of the season, haven't we? And um, up until recently, the worst away team in the league. So to show a little bit of fight and passion in that second half, and show that you know there was some some something to hang your hat on in terms of an away performance today, I think that kind of was as much as you would have wanted, really. And and the safety was just was was just the, the cream on top, really, wasn't it? That was what we all wanted. So. Um, yeah, it was good. So then I shot off and got home in an hour. So that was happy days because it's not far to Coventry, is it? Yeah, I was. I was. I'll be honest. I was um, just trying to. Uh, I was just playing Grand Theft Auto, not thinking we were doing a pod. <laughs> <laughs> and then you um, said that we were doing the pod, and I was like, "Oh right, okay." Get it done. Yeah, so we we did it pretty. Yeah, we got going pretty fast. We we did pros at this now, I guess. As well. Yeah, pros. yeah. So I guess who was your top three, mate? Um, I've talked a lot about him during the game, but Williams was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. And, um, you know, his, his overall composure and his confidence, his ability, his skill level and his, and his ceiling for what he can be as a footballer, I think is much higher than Shrewsbury Town. So um, I think it was possibly one of his best games for the football club so far. I know he's only played 20, 30 now, but um, he was he was unbeatable at times. And um, coming out from the back, even with the ball again, like he did last week, he, he was just good with it. So by, by far my man of the match but not I'll say by far actually I think Doherty was pretty close to getting it um, he was really good as well his drive particularly in the second half when we really got going helped a lot 
Um, and even in the first half, he did try to get out and try and break things up and, and do both those jobs without Norburn. So, yeah, I was impressed with Doc. And um, I gave Campbell third. Um, he didn't score, obviously, but in the first half, he was the only one that looked likely for doing anything for us. Um, so that first half performance, he was he was our man of the match in the first half, and he continued to be decent in the second half. I think he got a little bit of cramp towards the end, which is a bit unfortunate, um, but he, he certainly played his part in getting us a, the point and um, a decent team performance in the second half. So I think that's fair. But again, no one played badly, Ollie, other than the two that went off, I think. you know, I think that there's there's credit for everybody other than maybe Gilead and, and Laurent today. I think everybody did enough to, to warrant a good six or seven out of ten and, and some, some higher than that. So an overall, not the worst performance. Um I think there's been some negativity about the performance looking online just on just now before we started recording about how at times in the first half you do worry about the, the, what the plan is, what we were trying to do. I think for, for me, the game overall, Ollie, just to give it an overall summary now moving on from Man of the Match, was it, it kind of very much a Sam Ricketts team performance. And maybe you could say Shrewsbury Town this season in that the first half was pretty atrocious. The second half, they showed some fight, got a result out of it. And I think that's... Ricketts' biggest challenge now, isn't it? It's finding more second-half-esque performances than first-half performances. And we can park everything that's gone on this season and how many times that's happened, how many inconsistent performances we've given. It's now a chance for him to try and figure that problem out because it is a really big problem with his well, team. He hasn't got, he's not going to have to worry about it anymore, is he? Because he's going to get this, get rid of this team. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah so potentially. For me, yeah. I think... I think you know, I think that there's been an expectation that he was going to pull up trees. And I think it's very hard to do that with a team, as we said, obviously quite a length last week. And so for me, the big test for him, you know, is I think now is when we look at the um, when we do our 10 game review um, next season. And when we get to that podcast where we play 10 games. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Um, I was chatting to was chatting. I was um, talking on um, on Twitter and um, with a lad called Tom Williams, and he was saying, "He says, oh, he's not very happy with Sam Ricketts." So, well, what would you expect? You know, ten games in next season, and he was saying, "You know, just some better performances." Um, and I think mm. that, that I totally agree with that. That's a bare minimum. Um, and for me, you know, if we're ten games in and we've only got one point per game, then yeah, then um, that's not me very good. But um, I think yeah. no, I don't think be too. I don't think we can be too surprised about the fan reaction. I don't think we can be too fine about the performance either. No, and it was certainly no one moaning at the end of the day. It was, no. it was just all positive today. So you know, we, we we go fans blow hot and cold with what they see. And when you when you've secured safety, no one's really going to be thinking about those negativity until you know you start to think about the season as a whole and, and where we're headed. I suppose. Yeah. But um, I think I just say it was just interesting. It was just a, a very sort of a small microcosm yeah. of the whole season in general. I thought today's game. So that was it really. But uh, you know, I've not had a chance to hear Ricketts really. Do you want to run through what he had to say? Yeah, just before we get to that, three word match reports. Um, so we had um, um, Philip Edwards with We Are Safe, um, um, Tom Puss with two um, two up top exclamation mark. So it's clearly what he <laughs> wants to see. Um, Brian Davis, stop worrying now. John Dunn with not enough police, and Adrian Pillar with not enough stewards. So obviously there's a bit of an issue at the end. Um, God, there were so many. Yeah, and then um, Sarah Jones as Shrewsbury singing proud, um, and Kelly Marie um, lost my voice. So yeah, obviously a lot of focus on celebrations. Um, still a lot of comments, for example, um, from Jill um, saying not good enough. But we all know that now. We all know that we've seen all season. So yeah. Um, so what does Sam Ricketts have to say? Um, this is very pleasing in in a way that I'm glad we did um, that 100% ourselves. I said to the players yesterday, regardless of any results, we're going to come here and get a result. Uh, we need to make ourselves safe. I'm a big believer in that in life. If you want to do something, you have to go and do it yourself. We can't rely on other people and we took responsibility, which is pleasing today. We made ourselves 100% safe. He was disappointed at half time, as you alluded to, Glenn. He's probably not too surprised. Um, obviously, he has the same opinion as yourself. We were about <laughs> 60%. We were, um, we were about 60 or 70% first half. We had a few words at half time, made a few changes, um, and then we controlled the game second half. Um, yeah, true. 
And then he was talking about the fans. The fans are brilliant today. They've been in full voice singing all game. I could hear them over my shoulder and that was brilliant. The best thing is that we put a performance in that hopefully they enjoyed, which was probably not quite right. But I think he's obviously, it's in the context of we're safe now. We enjoyed it because we got yeah, what we wanted. Exactly. But yeah, at times it wasn't much fun to watch. Exactly. So yeah, we got the points. We're mathematically safe. Um, and yeah, he's talking about, obviously he's really, just really happy again. He goes on again to talk about the away fans. So we're tremendously appreciative of their support. They're a huge region of us being successful, not just today, but, you know, away at South End, using an example. Um, yep, and hopefully yep. he can carry on driving forward. So yeah, obviously everyone's pretty chuffed and yeah, um, nothing, no real surprise in, in, yeah. in there, I don't think. He can probably sleep tonight for the first time in a few weeks. I imagine Ollie would be able to actually get a good night's sleep because I've no doubt as a football manager until you finally know you've done your job, you're probably worrying about it the whole bloody time. You yeah. know what people are like with jobs, aren't you? Imagine it's all encompassing being a football manager. Oh, so yeah, imagine he'll be able to have a sleep. You obviously got the, the supporters and awards this week as well, which you'll be able to enjoy a little bit more now, knowing we're finally safe. It would have been, you know, not too good going into that and needing something from the last day. Yeah. So it makes everything a little bit easier, doesn't it, this week? And, and he's right about the fans. Our fans have been brilliant away from home this season. We've been, you know, our fans. Are fantastic home or away but credit away away definitely there's that again we can, yeah the away fans are, are definitely uh, much noisier i feel say yeah. a lot more patient um and yeah it's definitely fantastic. true i'm gonna say in this season where you know we've been to a lot of away games where it's been a bloody struggle and we've we've hardly ever won any games this season they've, they've stuck with the team in and out really and there's there's only been a few times where anger's really maybe once anger bub- bubbled over a little bit when we went behind at bristol rovers that's really the only time i can remember it getting too heated on the terraces in away game and then after that, we, we obviously, you know, had, you know, there was lots of things that then caused the town fans to go back at it. And by the end of that Bristol Rovers game, everyone was finally buying the team and, and roaring them through to maybe a better result. But yeah, yeah it's, it's and been on interesting. the way form as well, we're 21st in the away league yeah, table. Budging up it. So we obviously, yeah, we're, you know, relegation um, in terms of away form. And um, yeah, it's our, our home form, which we're currently 13th, that's kind of got us the points and, and also the points in that um, Danny Coyne period when the players really put a good shift in so yep. then that closes yep. the game anything any other comments Glenn? no no we'll be back at commentary next season won't we it might yeah. be one of our very few local games <laughs> yeah it might be so you got home okay with the roads and all that stuff that was being right, it's fine cool. oh the problem was that on the way there was some bloody motorbikes uh, there was yeah. a motorbike rally in Shrewsbury and, I got um, stuck by had... that once I was went to go and see my mate Phil and um, we've gone out in Shrewsbury and I was coming because he lives um, in Hoscott Way so I was at that roundabout where the A5 hits it sitting there for ages going like what on earth is going on like that's a roundabout you normally (laughs) sit there for a couple of seconds and then I realised it was all the bikes I just had to sit there for ages and then obviously trying to catch them well not catching them up but just yeah on the road doing it for a good cause though but um, no they do yeah it's good and and I say we we saw tons of bikes my kids counted 200 coming in the other direction before we got to the Telford Junction at Cosford so that got them halfway to to Coventry without you know moaning at me about how long it was going to take to get there a game game, a fun game to play and to be fair I went to university in Coventry I think I mentioned this before so um, I I went to um, I went to Coventry early and we went to parked in the town centre and went to the motor museum which is free to get into it's a good little place if anyone's got kids they want to take their kids for a, a free trip somewhere the motor museum in Coventry is pretty good to be honest with you history of British car industry and bikes and stuff because that's a big thing that Coventry did and yeah it's fascinating my, my children were quite engaged by it to be honest with you and a um, bit of lunch in Coventry and then I bored them about all the places I used to go and how different it was and at one point my daughter turned around and said you've told us how different it was already dad and I was like oh we've, we've reached the limit of their patience <laughs> with dad's educational tour of Coventry today so um, yeah I've had a nice day to be honest with you I mean, that, that's, that's it really so yeah good day safety secured let's just move on to Salt News and, and look ahead to Warsaw it's all down to this if he scores we go to the final. So, Sam News, um, 
two contracts this week, really, only just worth talking about that we haven't mentioned before. First one, Sean Wally signed a new two-year deal, um, which is very interesting. And uh, I'd been talking this week about him being worthy of a contract. I wondered whether two years would be worth it, as he'd be 34 by the time the, the second deal, uh, second year kicks off, um, and whether his injury record this season would be a problem. And obviously... Found out as soon as he signed his junior year deal, he's injured and out for the rest of the season. So hopefully he goes away and has a good re- recovery. And um, his fitness has been good bad. since we came back. To be fair, yeah, yeah. So worth two year deal, Ollie, or would you have stuck with one? What would you have done? Um, I reckon, yeah, two year deals is fair, is fine. I've got no problems with that at all. Well, I, for all my negativity about Sean Money, when I watch someone who is you know essentially the same kind of player as as him in Gilead today, I think you know actually maybe he is a, a class above yeah. some players and that you could potentially bring into the season, club. Um, and still yeah. his ability to dribble, um, it's just a, you know even if he becomes a sub next season um, and the season after, um, yeah. he's still you know how many, he could he could get he could get the opposition you know ten cards into the yellows and reds just by dribbling at them, yep. um, and he's a threat to have. So even if in his final season is yeah you know he only makes you know I don't know, ten starts and subs, yeah. you know I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's not going to be on mega bucks. Um, mm. not. And it, it, if you look at the era since we moved to New Meadow, Ollie, um, in terms of you know the, the players we had during that era, if he plays a significant amount of games during the next two years, he'll be one of the most capped players. You know, most appearances in that time. You know, you've got Myra's longevity with the football club. It's something we don't see very often anymore, Ollie, in terms of players staying with the team. And also, already before a ball is kicked next season, he's already got more assists in the football league for this club since we moved to the New Meadow than any other player so far, more than Ben Davis, more than, you know, any of the strikers that we've had in that period of time. So, you know, he's gonna leave this club a little bit like Wally a little bit like Sadler might at the end of the season, his longevity. He's gonna leave as a sort of I think as a bit of a mini legend, depending on, you know, if he might be part of a you know title winning team next season. He'll be a full legend then. But I think he's gonna leave as as a very leave a big mark on this football club more than most players have over the last ten, fifteen years, I think. Yeah, no, no. He's he's been a good player and yeah, obviously just thinking of Barnsley, he was fantastic. It wasn't he? So yeah, fair play. yeah, and then yeah, two year deal then for Roland James Roland, isn't it? One yeah. of the youth players who's highly rated. So good to see we're starting to tie those deals up as well. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the the, the sort of second year pros this year in terms of who's going to be offered a deal and who's not going to be offered a deal. So that was the initial contract, um, you know, stuff that we had this week. We're just going to remind people, and, and obviously most people have their tickets by now, that it's the, the Supporters Parliament Player of the Year Awards on Tuesday night, Ollie. Yeah. Um, and I'll be going and covering it for Blue and Amber and the and the I'm going and as well, yeah. So oh, good man, good man. So you'll be on a table with one of the players then. Well, that'd be good. Hopefully it's not someone you've been slagging off all season. I don't slag any of me, I just make <laughs> observations. <laughs> Fair enough. You can make your observations directly to them, can't you? Um, so that'd be good. But yeah, I won't be on a table. I'll be doing some of the sort of uh, social media stuff for the sports parliament. So that'll be good. But I just thought I'd ask you a simple question, Ollie. Obviously, we've got the supporters, but we've got the Southcast Player of the Season vote, which we'll announce at the end of the season. We've got one more game to go, haven't we? If you were to pick now, who's your Player of the Season? Oh, um, I think on reflection right now, just on asking me off the cuff. Um, yep. I'd just say maybe Doherty uh-huh. for his consistency throughout the season. Um, first half of the season, I'd say Grant. Second half of the season, yep. Worley. But overall, I'd say Doherty, if that makes sense. See, I, I agree with you 100%, except I would say first half of season, Grant. Second half of season, Norburn. But for, a night, for, the, for, the consist, for the consistency across the whole season, I'd agree with you. I think Doherty deserves it. He's been more consistent across the whole season than those other two where... Grant's dripped off in the end of the season and Norburn wasn't very good at the start. So I think, you know, if you're looking at those three as your main competitors, I think that's why Doherty shades it yeah. for me. So it'll be interesting to see who gets those awards mm. and obviously we'll come back and for those who don't go and those who don't live in Shrewsbury, who those who don't even live mm-hmm. in the UK, we'll give you an insight of what happens on the evening. Yeah, there we go. And so predictions, we'll wrap it up yeah. then really. I suppose um, 
should just say, Ollie, you can't catch me in the predictions no, league anymore. It hasn't been a good league. season for me. I, you know, if I was, um, yeah, the fans would be calling me if he's just sacked if this was, if I was the manager. You you should get askied. Um, yeah, but you did get a point because you did predict us to at least get a point yeah. at Coventry, as I thought we'd lose. So you did get a point back, but it wasn't enough. You're still too many behind. So yeah, that's the end of the, the, the Coventry prediction. Our last prediction of the season then will be Walsall at home um, with everything that is riding on it. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Um, well, first of all, I won't be there. Um, so oh, I yeah, think you were you were talking about covering this, weren't you, with your brother on your own? Because I'm, I think I might. Yeah, yeah we Paris. might do a pod, a family, family prop, family price, family pod. Yeah. Um, because they'll both be going, so I can just sit with them and, and talk I'm, them through it. Really. I'm going to a wedding. Becky's best friend lives in Paris, um, so I'm going okay. to a wedding in Paris with a, a party on the Seine under the Eiffel Tower on a boat. So that should be pretty smart. That'd Don't be quite burn cool. down any memorial. Don't burn down any buildings. No. they've lost. They've lost enough. Yeah, I won't. I'll, yeah, I'll make sure I don't have any open drones <laughs> anywhere. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, we've got Warsaw. I think that um, I think it will be a two-one win to Shrewsbury Town. Yeah, I I think they'll win as well. I can't, I just think that the there's. If I was going, I would want to win 100%. I'd be so... I'd be roaring them on to victory because I would love for Walsall to get relegated. And there's been a bit of a chat about, oh, I'd be disappointed to lose Walsall because we'd lose another local derby. I'm I'm not feeling that vibe at all. I, frankly, Walsall, when we've played them over the years, have always been going about, oh, I'd love to relegate Shrewsbury. Even earlier this season, Ollie. Do you remember when we yeah. went there and we were down the bottom? They were, what, seventh at the time. Oh, we'll see you for the last game of the season when we relegate you. I, it's mad to think that that's completely turned around to the point that it's the opposite situation because they were by far and away miles ahead of us at that point. So I, I think that the crowd will probably inspire them to victory um, and I think the players the will want to put in a performance yeah. as well um, you know we saw and you the, the manager was saying and you said you saw the effort in them today and yeah I think they yeah. want to and you know Doherty and people like that will probably you know, want to try and get on the score sheet and end their, end their time at Shrewsbury on a high yeah there's a few, few players who've got a few rights, wrongs to write not wrongs to write I suppose just a, a final capstone to their, their time at the football club and what they can sort of say about it um, it might be Sadler's last game for example which will be quite a sort of sad moment I suppose unless he's, he's brought on to the coaching staff so I, I, I get the feeling that isn't something that they can contemplate in so yeah there's a few players to sort of give a good celebration and, and goodbye to and I was a bit churlish the other week about the, the last game of the season and you know there's all there's always the sort of parade around the pitch and stuff it felt quite hollow over recent weeks especially we haven't been playing very well but I do get the feeling that there's there are when you think about it there are some players that do deserve a good send off and thanks and you know Doherty a prime example is going to go back to Scotland and much like Henderson and Morris and um, Godfrey last season who came in on loan and had great times I think it's only fair to send them on their way to probably bigger and better things with, with the thanks of a football club so it'll be a good occasion I'm missing it as well Ollie like we talked about last week so um as I say, we'll rely on maybe my dad and my brother to bring yeah. us the, the last game of the season. And then, yeah, we'll, we've got one more pod really then, haven't we? Which will be that one. And then we'll start to do our end of season review stuff yeah. with, with hopefully Lewis and and, um, and and Mark Elliott again and, and probably my brother. So yeah. there'll be something to look forward to there. So yeah. So what's your prediction, before? I couldn't remember what you, oh, what you actually what did say. I, say? I, I said yeah, win. Uh, I'll go oh, I'll go for us to, to inspire us into next year 3-1 win. Okay, cool. Okay, Why cool. not? <laughs> so yeah, so the other thing is you went on a a, 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 a let's call it I don't know I'd nearly call it a rival. It's certainly not a rival podcast, but let's say a friend, so, a podcast a friend, friend. Of the pod. yeah, a friend of yeah. the pod, um, the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. Yeah, I meant to mention this last week and I totally forgot. Yeah. But yeah, a few weeks back I went to be interviewed by um, Alex, his name is, who runs the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. Um, and there, he's a, he's a guy that does a, a local podcast all about Shrewsbury. Really worth listening to. Yeah. I think it's on iTunes and Spotify. And, and he does lots of things from people who've been doing yarn bombing of the Castlefield Bridge through to the Sloping Comics Festival through to 
all sorts of random people he's interviewed about things going on in Shrewsbury. So if, if you're like myself and you're, you're proud of your hometown and you want to know what's going on and you, you like listening to sort of a, an interesting interview with people, it's definitely worth listening to the podcast, aside from the one I did, which is hilarious because I'm funny. But uh, <laughs> No, I'm only joking. <laughs> but, um, but it's interesting listening to everything else that's going on in the town, really. And, and I'm glad that we've got a little Shrewsbury podcast. You know, we've got our little thing about the football club and it's nice that the town has its own podcast as well. And, and Alex was a lovely bloke. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that last week. Really, and I ran, we ran out of time, I um, but um, yeah, it's worth listening to. And you've got one correction to make, haven't you, Glenn? Yeah, I kept saying you live in Redditch, don't you, Ollie? But you don't live in Redditch, no. you live in Stourbridge. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I got that wrong, and it's almost like a new saying. You should have like, seen yeah. Becky's face when I said, oh, Glenn has been saying I live in, we live in Redditch. She's like, what? We don't live in Redditch? <laughs> yeah, you said it was if you'd said, like, I live in Telford when I live in, really do live in Shrewsbury. So apologies about that, Ollie. No worries, but, um, forgive me. Yeah. But it is a funny podcast. I did enjoy Um I did enjoy it, so it was good. That was good fun. We went, and it's interesting. We went all over the shop from Shrewsbury to modern yeah. football to you know the troubles that used to happen in the eighties. You should come like, to an away game with us on the train. Yeah, I've, I've invited him to a game, so we're going to sort that out and then maybe do a follow up one down the line. And um, yeah, it's, give it a listen. The Shrewsbury Biscuit. We'll, podcast. we'll send the link out again, and yeah, yeah and also we did last week as well. We sent the um, we tweeted out um, fans to follow, which got quite a few nice reactions. So yeah, yeah. Twitter yeah. still is. I keep saying Twitter's like the good place. So yeah, please follow us on on some salad casting. Yeah, if you see the um, the conversation, you'll be able to get involved. Yeah, Twitter's good fun, especially when Ollie puts up posters mocking Warsaw. I know. And they, My they phone their mind went about it. absolutely <laughs> mental. So. Every no, single time fun. I kept looking at my phone, I was having like 20, 30 notifications. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, I, it was, yeah, a lot of people have viewed that tweet and a lot of people have commented on it. You can't show your face on the internet if Wolves will be in the Well, I'll be in, I'll be in France, so at least I'll be safe. But if, <laughs> I think if we lose and they stay up, I think I'll just have to delete the Twitter app. Because um, oh, otherwise it'll cost me a fortune because I'm, I'm <laughs> had to buy some more data this weekend anyway. I don't know why. I think it's downloading podcasts. Um, on my phone and yeah, I'll lose all, use all my data in Paris so maybe that could be a godsend for me but um, fingers crossed I'd say just on the just on the connotations of the Warsaw game so Warsaw need to win Southend need to lose and yeah there's quite a lot of things that need to happen um, but, Scunthorpe need to beat Plymouth yeah, but basically yeah if, if they fingers crossed and we'll do the job and, and I, I kind of disagree with you slightly about like relegating rivals and stuff but yeah Warsaw and never are particularly kind to us and they're always you get like you know silly silly comments and stuff and they always say Shrewsbury's a shit place to live and all this and it's like they clearly don't know what Shrewsbury is. Is no. so. Anyway, let's not go into that. But uh, I've been to Walsall enough times to know that that's total rubbish. And and it's interesting you talk about relegating rivals. But you know, Mickey Brown did send Chester down. That, that happened. You know, Junior Brown he helped Port Vale on their way. He didn't send them down. And obviously, um, there was the time where we beat Wrexham very near the end of the season when they went down to the conference. So you know, those games always stay with people. It's always it's always sort of a memorable end of the season if you can kind of do your rivals over. I, I've got no time for Walsall. I've been there so many times. Yeah, Walsall is a, a bit boring and it is a bit of a crap away. It. I'm sure Lewis Cox yeah. likes it because it's obviously very close to his house. But in terms of like, in terms, you know, I'd much rather us play Wrexham and and even like Chester or Chester, something like that. Yeah, like, or Hereford. Re- Warsaw, Warsaw's kind of like you know they they don't see us as a rival and we don't really see them as a rival. It just no. gets a bit nasty sometimes. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Hopefully, um, I'm sure the place will be on overtime this weekend. Um, and yeah, hopefully nothing nothing bad happens because the club got fined four and a half grand this week. Um, for that guy that went on to, at the, you remember I mentioned yeah. this in the podcast. He went on towards the referee at the end of the Wimbledon game, and I, I was saying, "What's happened with that? No one's announced that anything's happened. There's not been a ban in order, and I don't know if there has been a ban in order." Well, you he said he's been banned. He's, this, the oh, that's good. Said, it must have been so. from Lewis Cox, or no? It's actually the club's article said that he's been banned from all Shrewsbury games. Um, good, but yeah, it's just what a muppet. Yeah, four grand. 
you know, that's quite a bit of money for Shrewsbury. You know, that's either, you know, that's a, a, either, you know, some kit for the youth team or some investment in the training ground or, you know, a couple of months wages for a player. So yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, daft yeah. and don't, don't be idiots. Yeah, exactly. And obviously we've had all these other things going on, the police stuff to do with the Wolves game. There's continually people seeming to yeah. get um, uh, sort of charged for that, really. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're weeding out the idiots that think it's acceptable to do things at football that are just putting our name, you know, dragging our name through the dirt, really, and it's not great. Um, but, yeah. There we anyway, go. let's end on a positive. Really <laughs> so we've got Tuesday night, we've got the um, support tonight. And, and the weekend, obviously, we've got the Warsaw game. And then we'll come back with, and the podcast I always enjoy doing, with your brother, um, yep. and Mark Elliott and Lewis Cox. Um, so I'll, I'll get that, those wheels and motions for that. We'll try and do it at the Prince of Wales. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, maybe. So thank you guys for listening. Always love the comments and stuff like that. And um, yeah, if we do lose, um, yeah, um, yeah, just watch my Twitter feed because I'm going to get absolutely annihilated. <laughs> and yeah, cheers. As I say we got there finally this season. This season is in, done in terms of actual meaningful football. And thanks for all the support this season. It's been a roller coaster listening to this podcast this year, according to some people I spoke to. So yeah, we're ending on a nice high, aren't we? So yeah, happy days. Um, and we'll be back soon. Yep. Catch you next week. Cheers, guys. Oh!